it's easy to do the right thing when others are watching. Doing it when no one else is around, that takes integrity. How does yours measure up? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah examines what God's Word says about this important character quality as he continues his series on the fruit of the Spirit, a life beyond amazing. Here's David to introduce today's powerful message, A Life of Integrity. Well, you know, the word integrity is an interesting word. Sometimes it makes people sort of quake because they don't know what what it means and they feel like maybe they don't have it. They don't know what it is, but they think they should should have integrity. The word integrity itself is an interesting word, as we'll learn. It's made up of a a word that means one, the integral, the, the one. And what it really conveys more than anything else is that we are to be people who are always the same. We are to be men and women of God in public, men and women of God in private. We're to have a oneness about who we are that there's not two sides of us personally. There's only one, the one that honors and and follows and lifts up Jesus Christ. So we'll talk about that. And it has implications for all of us, as you can well imagine. We're finishing this week as we have been talking about a life beyond amazing, built upon the character traits of the fruit of the Spirit, which are given to us in the New Testament. We're trying to help us all take those character traits and make them real in our lives, not just to know about them, but to implement them. We're not interested in just knowing what the Bible says or even what it means. We're interested in knowing what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means to us. And that's why we're talking about these character qualities and separating them out for discussion every day. Today, a life of integrity. And don't forget, friends, that during the month of November, when you send a gift to Turning Point of any size, we'd like to send you, as our thank you gift, the book, Why the Nativity? A 176-page softcover book, 25 chapters answering questions you may have about the Christmas story. And included are the scenes and pictures from the docudrama set. It's yours for a gift of any amount to Turning Point. And when you ask for this resource, we'll send it to you right away. Okay, well, let's get started now with um, part one of A Life of Integrity. Joey Prusak was on duty at the Dairy Queen counter in Hopkins, Minnesota, when a blind man placed an order. As the man paid out, a $20 bill slipped from his pocket and fell to the floor. And the woman behind him quickly snatched up that $20 bill and stuffed it into her purse. When she stepped up to the counter, Joy asked her to return the money to the blind man. She refused, claiming that she dropped the bill herself. Joey knew better, and when she still refused after his second request, he declined to serve her and told her to leave the store. He remained calm as the woman blasted him with an angry tirade and stormed out the door. And he went directly to the table where the blind man was eating and explained what had happened, gave him a 20 from his own billfold. A customer who witnessed the scene emailed an account of it to Dairy Queen. The store posted the email. Someone photographed it, put it on Facebook, and the story went viral. It was soon reported on newscasts and newspapers and Internet sites all across the nation, inundating Joey with an avalanche of calls and accolades. 
He even got a call from Warren Buffett, whose company owns Dairy Queen. And they invited him to the next shareholders meeting where he would receive a special honor. So why did this teenager's heartwarming deed draw so much attention? Why was it instantly a hit in the cyber world? The answer is pretty evident. Because we live in a world where the end justifies the means has become the motto of the day. A facial cream ad claims it will make women look as good as Photoshop can, but the woman's face in the ad is actually Photoshopped. (laughs) Educators rewrite history to fit modern secular objectives, and scientists falsify data to advance their theories. The integrity of government is undermined by leaks and slander and fake news and media corruption and opponents deliberately impugn each other's motives, distort their positions, and just tell outright lies to advance their agendas. The list could go on and on and on, and in each case, the person committing the act of dishonesty has somehow convinced himself that the end justifies the means, and so they do it. Integrity is lacking in our culture And very little is being said about it. We complain about everything else. We call it by many names. But we are suffering from a deficit of integrity in our culture. The Oxford Dictionary defines integrity as the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. The dictionary's second definition gives us a bit more insight into the word It says that integrity is the state of being whole and undivided because, you see, the word integrity is related to words like integrate, integral, intact, and entirety. To have integrity is to have all parts of your life integrated, to have them interconnected and uncorrupted and working well together as a single unit. A person of integrity has integrated his innermost being, a consistent standard from which all of his actions flow. Such a person, we say, has it all together. The rock of integrity is faithfulness. That's the biblical word for integrity, the word faithfulness. And faithfulness is one of the key attributes of God. As you open the pages of the Old Testament, you are introduced to the faithful God almost at the very beginning. One day Moses came to God, and he asked him, God, what is your name? And God said to Moses, Moses, I am who I am. That seems like a strange way to respond to Moses' question, but what God was saying was this, I am the God who has no past and no future, I am the God of the eternal present. I am the faithful God, and what I say is true. You see, in the mind and heart of God, the promise and the fulfillment all happen in the present tense. God does not look to be faithful because God is already faithful. God is always faithful because he lives in the eternal now. Maybe you remember the commercial that was on television and still is in some places, built on the visual of a gigantic rock that's supposed to demonstrate stability. 
They ask you to buy a piece of the rock. And if you buy this kind of insurance, you can be sure that when you need it, it will be there. But I want to tell you about a different kind of rock. He, God, is the rock. His work is perfect, and all of his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. If you build your life upon that rock, the faithfulness and integrity of God will begin to flow into your life. And the better that you know him, the more integrity you will have in your own life. Integrity is not just an important truth about God. It's also an important theme in the Bible. The word itself appears 21 times, the word integrity, mostly in the Proverbs, and we'll run into some of those later on in the message. So integrity is a thing of the Bible. It's not something that we made up or does it come from a motivational book. The Bible is about integrity because God is about integrity. And the record of integrity is so easy for us to follow In his Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey says that integrity is the value that we place on ourselves. It's our ability to make and keep commitments to ourselves, to walk our talk. Your discipline comes, he said, from within. It's a function of your independent will. You are a disciple, a follower of your own deep values and their source. And you have the will the integrity to subordinate your feelings, your impulses, and your modes to those values. The writer of the Proverbs asks this question, a faithful man who can find. We could express it this way, a man of integrity, who can find such a man? But then the Word of God answers that question for us, kind of scattered throughout the pages of the Old and New Testament, One day I sat down with a concordance and I looked up every place where the word integrity was found and the word faithfulness was found and I wanted to find out how many people in the Bible were people about whom we read they were faithful. It was an interesting study. Thirteen godly men and women of both the Old and New Testament were specifically referred to as faithful people. In other words, the word faithful was in the same verse with their name. In the Old Testament, it was Daniel, Hanani, Moses, Samuel, and Abraham. And in the New Testament, it was Lydia, Timothy, Paul, Tychicus, Epaphras, Onesimus, Silvanus, and Antipas. All, we are told, were faithful people. Now, I don't know if that surprises you, that list, But this list of faithful people, there are more obscure personalities than well-known ones. They are all honored for the same quality, their integrity. It isn't how big, it isn't how much, it isn't how loud, it isn't how talented, but it's how faithful you are that gives you that badge of honor. You see, integrity is not your reputation. It's not others' opinions of you. Integrity is not success. It's not your accomplishments. Integrity embodies the sum total of our being and our actions. Integrity is not something we have. Integrity is something we are. It inevitably shows itself in what we do and what we say. 
Integrity is needed because people are watching us and our behavior needs to match our belief system. Our character needs to correspond with our confession. People of integrity are honest in their business. They give selflessly of their time and resources. They watch their speech, avoiding profanity and slander and gossip. They never reveal confidences or impugn the integrity or motives of other people. When they commit, they follow through. They treat others well, even those they do not know. They are willing to say, I was wrong, taking responsibility for their own errors, even those they could have hidden or blamed on others. To paraphrase Will Rogers, people of integrity live in such a way that they wouldn't be ashamed to sell the family parrot to the town gossip. <laughs> now there you go. <laughs> Warren Buffett once said that in looking for people to hire, look for three qualities, integrity, intelligence, and energy. And then he said something I've never heard anybody say before. He said, if they don't have the first one, the other two will kill you. Now think about that again. Integrity, intelligence, and energy. If they don't have integrity, their intelligence and their energy will be used against you and it will kill you. What a profound statement. So there you have it, sort of a general idea as best I can in the few moments that I have to wrap my arms around the subject of integrity. And now let's talk about the road to integrity. How do we implement this virtue in our lives? I'd like to suggest that we start with being honest with ourselves. Be honest with yourself. Before you begin your journey toward integrity, you need to determine your starting point. In other words, what is your integrity quotient? How much integrity do you already have? When Ted Williams was 40 years old and closing out his career with the Boston Red Sox, he was suffering from a pinched nerve in his neck. The thing was so bad, he later explained, that I could hardly turn my head to look at the pitcher. For the first time in his career, he batted under 300, hitting just 254 and 10 home runs. And he was the highest paid player in sports that year. Get this, he made $125,000. The next year, the Red Sox sent him the same contract. He said, when I got it, I sent it back with a note. I told him I wouldn't sign it until they gave me the full pay cut allowed. I think it was 25%. My feeling was that I was always treated fairly by the Red Sox when it came to contracts. I never had any problem with them about money, and now they were offering me a contract I didn't deserve, and I only wanted what I deserved. Ted Williams cut his own salary by $31,250. It's never happened before. I don't think you should wait for it to happen again. But in that moment, he was a man who told the truth about himself. As believers, we need to be ruthlessly honest with ourselves. Of all the lies that we tell, the ones we tell ourselves are the most deadly. Question your motives. Stop justifying what you know to be wrong. Stop excusing yourself. If you don't want to know the truth about yourself, don't ask God to help you. 
he'll point it out and you'll know the starting point for your integrity. Second, don't just be honest with yourself. Tell the truth. I mean, that's so basic, I almost am embarrassed to put it in the outline. One way integrity reveals itself is by the way we speak the truth. Proverbs says, the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. Did you know that we reflect the character of God when we tell the truth? Because Titus 1-2 says that God cannot lie. God never lies, and neither should we. When we speak the truth, we do not have to look back over our shoulder. We don't have to make up a story to cover the story that we told that wasn't true when we told it. We don't have to cover our tracks. Speaking the truth is at the core of integrity. And believe it or not, speaking the truth is one of the character traits that Christian leaders need to work on. The favorite indoor sport of many pastors is the embellishment of church attendance. Embellishment means exaggeration. And we even coined a name for it that gives it a sense of spirituality. You know what they call that among pastors in our pastoral language? We call that speaking evangelistically. That's what we call it. I heard about two pastors who were talking one day. They were talking about their church attendance, and this is how the conversation unfolded. The one pastor said, if I lie about my attendance, and you know that I'm lying about my attendance, and I know that you know that I'm lying about my attendance, isn't that like telling the truth? (laughs) I don't think so. No, I don't think so. On the other hand, there are some who speak the truth about their numbers. Someone asked a pastor about his attendance with this inquiry. Pastor, what are you running this year in your church? To which the pastor honestly replied, we're running over 1,000, but we're only catching about 600 of them. So there you go. That's the way you be honest. (laughs) So be honest with yourself and tell the truth. And then keep your word. If I have made a promise, I have no alternative but to keep it. Whether I've promised a small thing like picking up the cleaning on the way home or a large thing like a Mediterranean cruise, if I've promised it, I should do my best to keep my promise. Otherwise, my integrity is at stake. The person who keeps his promises reflects his sincerity. When you keep a promise before God, You are acting out of the spirit of one, the integrity of your own life. God, we are told in Deuteronomy 7, the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Here's another definition of integrity that I remember from a study I did on the life of Joseph way back in the 80s. In that study, there was a story about a guy named Rutledge who was a POW. He was in what they called the Hanoi Hilton in Vietnam. Somehow through that, he came out of that whole experience with this definition of integrity. Here it is. Integrity is keeping a commitment after the circumstances under which you made the commitment have changed. 
And I wish I could push that into all of the troubled marriages of today. Listen to that again. Your commitment is only commitment when you keep that commitment after the circumstances under which the commitment was made have changed. That's truly the highest level of integrity you can ever express. So be honest with yourself. Tell the truth. Keep your word and be who you are. Many years ago, I heard a southern preacher give this word of wisdom about integrity. Here's what he said. Be who you is, not what you ain't. Because if you ain't what you is, then you is what you ain't. Let me say that again. Be what you is, not what you ain't. Because if you ain't what you is, you is what you ain't. (laughs) To live with integrity, you have to conduct yourself in an authentic way. You don't posture. You aren't one way today, and you don't change because of the circumstances in which you find yourself. Philippians 1.10 says to all of us, be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Do you know what the word sincere means? Listen to this. It comes from a Latin word which means without wax. That's a strange thing. It originated in the marketplace. It originated in ancient Rome. If anyone wanted an authentic statue of fine quality carved by someone who took pride in his workmanship, They would venture to the artisan's marketplace in the quad in Rome and look for booths bearing a sign, sine sera, or without wax. You see, there were many merchants who would take broken figurines, broken pieces of pottery, and they would repair the crack with wax and paint over the wax, and it would not be visible to the normal visual eye. It would only become visible when the figurine was set in the sun and the wax would melt, and then you would realize you had a defective product. So the term became sinecera, without wax, which meant this is a product of integrity. This is a real, no flaw, no cover-up, no shady deal opportunity for you to get what you think you're getting. So they would find these signs that had the words senesera over them. And we need to have those words over us. We need to be men and women of integrity so that there aren't hidden flaws and hidden agendas, but we are authentic and genuine. Integrity is a challenging subject. And no matter who we are or how long we have walked with the Lord, it can never be put on the side. It needs to stay focused and centered that we become and continue to become the people of God. Well, um, we end the week together. It's been a great week of study. And of course, you can almost feel uh, the challenges of the year end beginning to ramp up and we just need to stay focused more than ever before. So thank you for your faithfulness and joining us every day here on this good station. We will uh, take a break for the weekend. As you know, our admonition to you every Friday is to go to church. How important it is that you be in the house of the Lord with God's people. And um, that's a matter of your initiative and your discipline 
and it means so much that you take that as from the Word of God because we know that's what the Word of God tells us to do. And, of course, we're on a television um, network somewhere around you, somewhere near you, somewhere accessible to you. I always say, uh, don't stay home and watch it on television. Go to church, record the turning point if it's on during your church time, and watch it when you get home. Uh, Make church your priority during this time. As we head toward the end of the year, as we get into the holiday season, so important that you focus with your brothers and sisters in the celebration of your faith. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again after the weekend with more of A Life Beyond Amazing. I'm David Jeremiah. Thank you. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, A Life Beyond Amazing, please visit our website. There you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Fill your Christmas with meaning and joy by asking for your copy of David's book and new docudrama DVD, Why the Nativity? Sure to become a Christmas classic. Each is available for your gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions. Available in your choice of cover options. Get the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue the series, A Life Beyond Amazing, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Looking to celebrate the holiday season in a meaningful way? Consider revisiting the story of the first Christmas. In the newest edition of his book called Why the Nativity, Dr. David Jeremiah looks in close detail at the people and events surrounding that special day. The book and brand new docudrama are yours when you support Turning Point this month with a gift of $60 or more. If you give $100 or more, you'll also receive the correlating CD album and study guide. Donate today at davidjeremiah.ca. In all we do each day, Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point work to make a global impact for the kingdom of God. But we can't do it alone. That's where Bible Strong Partners come in. These loyal monthly supporters form the foundation of Turning Point, allowing Dr. Jeremiah to teach the whole counsel of God. Partnering with Turning Point enables you to share in the eternal impact of this ministry, leading people to Christ through our media and printed resources, multiplying Bible teaching broadcasts, presenting the gospel around the globe, and strengthening the saints. In appreciation for your partnership, Turning Point wants to provide you with exclusive monthly resources and study guides, member-only communications, an on-demand library of study content, and so much more. Are you ready to see what the Lord will do? Let's expect to change the world together. Go to davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong to become a BibleStrong partner today. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong. A young family man was complaining to his elderly pastor about the weight of all the responsibilities he had to carry. Between family and work, it seemed that the weight of it all was more than he could manage. I have discovered, the pastor said, that God uses the weight of our responsibilities to keep our feet firmly planted on the ground. Even better, that weight often forces us onto our knees where we can receive strength. 
If you are feeling the weight of responsibility, thank God for keeping you planted in the ground of maturity in prayer and that He trusts you with so much. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's reasons for responsibility on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com. Start your journey home today.